for the Alliance. For the Horde! Slay them all! Your mum's a bearded ogre and your father's a trog! Welcome back to Casually Casual Cast. I am your host, Harena Swift Sage. This is the Warcraft podcast for those who are hardcore about not being hardcore. In each episode, I cover Warcraft retail and wild classic news in and out of Azeroth. I cruise the forums and share community feedback. I share some adventures in Azeroth, and I finish by taking a trip through trade chat where I cover in-game and out-of-game events. Today's date is 12-31-2022. That's right. It is the last day of 2022, so Happy New Year's to you. And this is episode 16. You can have your thoughts, opinions, stories, and adventures shared on the show just by tweeting the show at Warcraft Casual. You can follow me on Twitter at Harena. You can email the show at casuallycasualcast at gmail.com. You can find past episodes, the show notes for Casually Casual Cast, and the rest of the podcast I host, and also how to join me in game at cozypodcastnetwork.com. Everything you need is right there. All right, let's dive into some Warcraft retail news. All right, our first item in Warcraft Retail News is World of Warcraft has running a, a huge holiday sale. And I know I'm shoving it in here, and I know it's the end of December, but this sale ends in 67 hours, <laughs> 14 minutes, and 51 seconds right now as I'm recording. So, I mean, if you listen tonight or tomorrow, you still will have time to get in on some of these deals. So, check that out. They are running on sales on the Dragonflight expansion. There's actually the trial going on for a limited time. You can play as a Drac Theory Evoker with only um, your subscription or game time. And there's also um, like the Heartwarming Pack that has that awesome cat mount that I would love, but then it has like other stuff I already have, but it has like one, two, three, four different mounts and three pets. And then like this whole amazing, um, outfit and it's normally runs at $155 and right now it's on sale for $53.99. It's a 65% discount. So there's a lot of stuff right now that, um, is on sale. So go and check it out. There's mounts that are normally like 25 bucks right now on sale for $8.75. There's uh, battle pets that are normally $10. They're on sale for $3.50. So you can get a lot of amazing um, savings during the sale. But like I said, it expires January 2nd, 2023. So hurry up. Right, so just as my last item, this item has a time limit to it, and it's even 
sooner because it is the light up your new year with spectacular fireworks and they posted this today because it is a holiday event so if you listen to this episode today excellent you'll get a great reminder that if you are staying at home and you want to ring in the new year what better way to do it and one of my favorite ways is to fly to org or stormwind and those capital cities will be set ablaze for one night only in a celebration of the new year it will begin at 6 p.m realm time tonight december 31st and every hour on the hour you can watch fireworks light up the skies above your favorite city it's a celebration you won't want to miss and it also makes for some excellent screenshots and this is also if you're looking for a little pvp you might want to check out what's shaken in booty bay there's more than fireworks going on the guards don't seem to be enforcing the town rules and it won't be until the new day dawns so it's like a purge is going on in booty bay i had no idea but that sounds amazing so I will definitely be there. So, yay! I'm excited already. Some PvP and some fireworks? Who wouldn't be? As reported by dotesports.com Echo defended its race to world first title this week by being the first guild in the world to defeat mythic Razagath in Dragonflight's first raid Vault of the Incarnates but it wasn't a quick or easy task um, according to .esports, taking down Razageth required multiple nerfs by Blizzard, and the last was a stroke of good timing for Echo as they managed to kill the bird just 15 minutes after the boss was hit with a hotfix. While the guild's biggest competition team, Liquid, hadn't started raiding for the day yet, the North American competitor was able to eventually take down Razagath relatively quickly as well once they started to work on the post-nerf encounter. Echo completed the encounter with an average item level of 409.7. Meanwhile, Liquid had an average item level of 408.6. The groups came in with identical four healer compositions that included two preservation evokers. Echo went with a Death Knight tank, however, veering from the dual warrior tank strategy that was prevalent throughout the race. Liquid stuck with the tried and true double warrior tank lineup. Each guild made sure to use the typical one-off DPS class like Warrior, Warlock, Frost, Death, Knight, Enhancement, Shaman, and Windwalker, Monk. While each guild had its own spin on which classes to stack, all the usual suspects were in the mix. Both groups brought a pair of Arcane Mages, Demon Hunters, Balanced Druids, and Rogues. The only class difference between the two guilds was that Echo had a Marksmanship Hunter and Liquid had a second Enhancement Shaman instead. Additionally, Liquid went with some offbeat spec choices, having the Rogues play Subtlety and Warrior spec into arms. an opinion piece on Game Rant. They have an article titled, Eight Reasons to Join the Veldraken Accord Faction in World of Warcraft Dragonflight. And they go on to point out that there are many benefits to joining the Veldraken Accord 
faction in WoW Dragonflight, and they've gone over and listed, like, the eight main reasons why they feel it's worth a player's time. So we're just going to briefly scan over it, but I will put the link to the show notes found at the Casually Casual Cast tab on CozyPodcastNetwork.com. Um, they go on in the first one, eight, the, the top choice, uh, well, Eight out of eight, the bottom choice. Siege on Dragonbane event, um, Dragonbane Keep event. The Veldraken Accord need help to reclaim a part of their ancestral home from the Jajardin, the Jajardin, Jardin, I'm going to say, who have taken it over in their absence. The Siege on Dragonbane Keep event unlocks at Veldraken Accord Renown Level 5, which starts every two hours. Once the enemies have been cleared out, the player will be awarded an epic rarity Dragonbane Keep Strong Box for every first completed run of the week. This contains 250 Veldraken Accord reputation, a number of Dragon Isle artifacts, Titan relics, Primal Chaos, and a piece of gear that will scale with the item level of the character. 7 out of 8 reasons choose to support Ravion or Sibelian. I always jack up his name. Sibelian. The Veldraken Accord is unique renowned faction in World of Warcraft Dragonflight as there are two split reputations that can be earned by either siding with Rathion and Sibelian as both they, as they both fight for leadership. And I don't know why, but I'm just led. I just, I just love the quirky underdog vibe of Rathion, but he kind of has like the Pirates of the Caribbean um, Jack Sparrow vibe going on. So I'm like, do you really want to trust Rathion? Because then you have like the solid, loyal rock of Sibelian. So I don't know. I don't know. It's like, do you want the, the, the reputation that you know, at least you know what to expect, or um, you don't really know what to expect. So it's a toss up. But each week the player can choose. That's what I like. Each week you can choose. So if you feel like you jacked up the week before, you can swap it up. Or if Rathion ticks you off, just hop hop ship and go over and support. Because each week the player can choose which dragon they pledge allegiance to, but all reputation actually will contribute to the Dragon Accord Renown level. So each dragon has their own ranks that are achieved by gaining reputation through quests, which range from acquaintance to true friend. While there are several shared reputation rewards that can be purchased, others are exclusive to Rathian or Sibelian. These items are mainly transmogs, which each dragon having a unique toy to collect also. Six out of eight reasons, you get those transmog outfits that unlocks at renown level 20. There are several Veldraken themed outfits that can be purchased from the NPC Gaira. These outfits, with which share the same model but different in color, allow characters to wear a traditional outfit worn by the different dragon flights. And then five out of eight offhand cosmetics. There are offhand transmogs that are a great way to put some personality into your character. So those leveling the renown with the Veldraken Accord will be able to get their hands on these offhand cosmetics at level 25, such as the Mender's Mentality, Compendium of Advanced Spells, Compendium of Advanced Spell, and Academy Students Journal to show a characters furthering their studies into the arcane happiness. In. At number four is the exclusive dragon riding customizations that are offered. 
Each of the factions in World of Warcraft Dragonflight offers players exclusive dragon riding customizations for leveling their renown. At Veldraken Accord Level 9, players can unlock the plated brow, split head horns, and spiked cheek options for the cliffside wild, wilder drake. At Renown Level 15, the hook horn scale pattern and spear tail options for the same drake will become available from the Castraz and in Veldraken. And then in the third reason why you should, you know, look forward to leveling up that Veldraken Accord faction um, reputation is the many enchant, many enchant, many ancient treasures are spread across the Dragon Isles, which of were designed by Titans. At Renown level 13, we can unlock several weapon cosmetics, such as the ancient Titan Blunderbuss Gun Transmog, the small and sleek Titan Gatekeeper Shield, and the Titan Keeper's Gladius One-Handed Sword. These appearances can be obtained from Sorotus and Veldraken, most of them costing 600 Dragon Isle supplies, 10 Servite Ore, and a Glowing Titan Orb. At Renown level 25, 29 players will be able to get their hands on several more weapon transmogs including three variations of dragon flame blades two claw weapons the veldraken windguard polearm the formidable veldraken guard barrier shield and the veldraken wing glaive to give a demon hunter a dragon themed appearance and our number two reason is like the other factions in world of warcraft dragon flight several profession patterns will become available, which will allow crafters to make items that can help other professions. This includes the Kazgarite Leather Workers Tool Set and the Kazgarite Needle Set and the Kazgarite Sickle Plans for Blacksmiths. And the number one reason is the unique shoulders and headpiece. The sheer amount of cosmetics that can be earned by leveling with the Veldraken Accord is very impressive. The Dragon Spawn shoulder pads unlock at Renown level 10 with the colors of all the different Dragon Flights available. The jeweled shoulder pads will unlock at Renown level 28 as well as the Draconid, <laughs> Draconid shoulder pads. The five different color options for the Draconid Helms can be purchased from Armorsmith to risk at level 17 and will cost 200 Dragon Isle supplies and 10 Servite Ore. All these transmogs can also come in five different color variations so that a player can support their favorite Dragonflight. Okay, so World Warcraft at Warcraft on Twitter tweeted out an infographic detailing our adventures in Dragonflight are just beginning. They are sharing the six updates planned for 2023, and they say they're looking to deliver more content to players more often. And this is amazing. So just to briefly go over the infographic, obviously I'll put it in the show notes, but patch 10.0.5 this is the winter and spring schedule moving into the summer and fall. So in 10.0.5, we'll be getting the trading post, primalist, 
um, tomorrow and white and gray transmogs will be unlocked for us. And in patch 10.0.7 in the spring, return to Forbidden Reach, Human and Orc Heritage Armor, and Holiday Updates. And then for Season 2, patch 10.1, there will be a new zone unlocked, a new raid, a new PvP season, new Mythic Plus Dungeon Pool, Profession Updates, User Interface Improvements. And in 10.1.5, this is the Summer Fall region, the Mega Dungeon, World Events, and Content and System Updates will be added. And in patch 10.1.7, there will be additional Story and Quests, Holiday Refreshing, and Content and System Updates. Leading us into Season 3 with Patch 10.2, we will have another new zone. Wow, this is amazing, right? New raid, new PvP season. New, can you hear me smiling? I'm smiling. New PvP season, new mythic and dungeon pool, and additional content and features. So this is exciting! So they also added a link, so if you wanted to read more about all the stuff coming up ahead, they have a whole write-up they posted on December 21st, 2022, and it was titled Dragonflight in 2023, The Road Ahead. And I'll just get it started. It says, it's been an inspiring month for the World of Warcraft team as we've watched the world soar over Dragon Isles, defend their renowned allies from the primeless threat, stay a while and listen to tales of regret, craft inspired items, delve into dungeons, and make vast, vast quantities of soup. But this tale is just beginning. A WoW expansion is not a single moment in time, but a journey. We know that the merit of an expansion hinges on the sustained quality of its entire arc. Years after its release, Legion is remembered fondly as much of the 11-week content update cadence that served as a framework for its first year as it is for artifact weapons or Cadgar's brilliant dad jokes. And planning out the road ahead, following the release of Dragonflight, we've been mindful of the duty we owe our players to nurture this living world and, frankly, the need to do better than we have at times in the recent past. This makes me giddy, I'm telling you. I feel so happy. It's like what you've been wanting and now you're hearing it. It's awesome. But actions speak louder than words, so let's see these words put into action. I'm excited for that. I have I have hope. Our goal for Dragonflight is that there should always be something right around the corner. Thank you, preach, with a new update hitting our test realm shortly after the last one is live and in your hands. In total, we're planning to deliver six content patches, fairly even spaced, over the course of 2023. This will include two major updates the traditional pillars of our expansions with new zones new raids and seasonal rewards but in between those we want to keep expanding and involving our world with new world events updates to systems and evergreen holidays new dungeon experiences new narrative chapters and cinematics that can serve as epilogues or as prologues to the next major step in the adventure and most importantly of all the most more opportunities for us to respond to feedback and change or add elements based on what we're hearing is most needed by our players 
I wasn't going to read the whole thing, but it's so good. Why stop, right? Why stop? We recently announced the upcoming 10.0.5 content update, which should go live early next year, bringing with it the trading post system, which allows players of all play styles to earn a wide range of fun cosmetic rewards of their choice, as well as finally allowing poor quality and common quality items to be acquired as transmog appearances. Who knew I'd be so excited to put on that stuff? For those who prefer a somewhat humbler look and a bit of new world content in the Primalist Tomorrow area. Shortly after that is in your hands, we will release the 10.0.7 content update onto our public dust realm. 10.07 will contain a new quest campaign and repeatable world content set in the Forbidden Reach as the Drakthiel return to their place of confinement, along with some unexpected guests to learn more about their origins and their destiny. This content will set up the next major chapter of Dragonflight, and by its conclusion, it should be obvious what our next destination must be. Alongside this new content, we plan to add quest lines for human and orc cosmetic heritage armor, update some of our reoccurring holidays, and more. There will also be a 10.1.5 and a 10.1.7 content update coming in the second half of the year bridging the period between our second and third major updates we don't want there to be any specific formula for the size or shape of these updates but the goal is simply more warcraft more story more content more rewards more events more tech improvements with less downtime in between them oh do you hear the trumpets <laughs> Oh, this is awesome. I don't want to spoil everything, and I'm confident that there are at least a couple of surprises along the way that no one is expecting. And some of the details simply aren't decided yet, because your feedback will help shape exactly what we prioritize in these updates. They finish off by saying, We are honored and humbled by the reception of Dragonflight so far, but this is only the start for me and the entire development team. Please accept our wishes for a happy, healthy, and peaceful new year, and we can't wait for you to see everything we have in store for Azeroth in 2023. This is by Holly Longdale, the executive producer. Now, being the fact that I've always played World of Warcraft and then during that rough year of all of the chaos and the courts and, and that stuff is still not done. There's still, it's still not 100% ironed out um, to many of our liking, but it has gotten better. So I took a break and I was playing a lot of Final Fantasy for the very first time. And one of the things that I really loved was one, the constant content. Two, the quality holidays and rewards for those holidays. Warcraft has always been chintzy. We pay a monthly subscription and they give us like this holiday, you know, you get to have this little toy, but there's two charges. You know what I mean? I will never, some people are like, flight, 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 team flight. They want flight. I'm like, I want unlimited use of my gifts. Thank you very much. That has always ticked me off. So I hope with these holiday advancements that they stop being chintzy and giving us some Dollar Tree crap. I want the full experience, okay? I don't want it to just, you know, turn into a pumpkin at midnight crap, okay? So that's my thoughts on that. 
the little things tick me off, I think, the most. <laughs> so, but I am super excited. I want everything they said to come to fruition, and I want to hold out hope and give them the benefit of the doubt that this is where they're going to go going forward. And this sounds like everything that I really loved about Final Fantasy is one, the constant content updates, two, the constant listening to the community. There was a huge window of time where it felt like we were just yelling at walls. We were just walking up to a wall and yelling at it and hoping that they would hear us. And no. So it sounds like the direction that they're planning is actually where a business should go. You should care about what your consumers say. You should give them more of what they want if it's possible to do so. You shouldn't be withholding joy from people who are paying for joy. Okay, that's how I feel about that. So let's move on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Alright, our first WoW Classic news item is a reminder that the Joyous Journeys experience buff in WoW Classic will be ending January 16th. And just to remind you that this gives a, an increased experience gain by 50% for all players through level 80. So it's a great time to finish up leveling a character, creating a new one, or inviting friends to join you in your adventures. This buff has been active since December 13th of this year, 2022, and it will be running for 16 more days. 16 more days. And this experience buff is not available in retail, just an FYI, strictly in Wild Classic. to share some blue posts that regard a wow classic the first one is by bornak community manager bornak and they posted three days ago that the first wrath classic pvp season will be ending at 10 p.m for each region in this region season five will end at 10 p.m at central time on january 10th during maintenance on january 11th they will be updating the game and all arena points will be converted to honor good luck fighting to the finish there was a uh, hotfix roundup for wrath of the lich king classic and they kind of touched on a few hunter stuff i noticed and some death knight stuff over the past two weeks these hot fixes were primarily related to stacking things that shouldn't be stackable uh the first instance is of the volley stacking which allows hunters to cast multiple ranks of volley at the same time while this was already fixed on the sixth clearly something was missed on the way so to go along with the theme of stacking death knights had a very brief window in which they could attack icy talons and desolation by progressively adding more points to the talent during combat 
This lasted until the 16th, and while it lasted, many other classes tried to find similar exploits. So Blizzard very quickly tried to handle that, and on the 19th of December, they received, well, we received a much more generalized fix for this talent stacking. So they added in their um, hot fixes that the hunter, they fixed an issue where it was possible to have multiple ranks of volley active at the same time. And this is a second version of the hot fix that deals with the new reports of alternate ways to do this. And on December 16th, 2022, um, in Classic, they fixed an issue where holidays on the calendar could be off by one day. Yeah, that's right. We were talking about this last episode. And on the 19th, Rathalish King Classic, they fixed an issue where some talents could have multiple ranks of bonuses active at the same time. So there's just some tweaking going on in the Rathalish King Classic. In an article on blizzardwatch.com posted yesterday, December 30th, 2022, it is an article by Nick Marino at Quaximus on Twitter titled, When Will Wrath Classic Phase 2 Start? Look for the next phase in January. And they go on to say that it's been a few months since Phase 1 of Wrath of Lich King Classic went live, giving players the opportunity to complete Naxxramas, the Obsidian Sanctum, the Eye of Eternity, and Vault of Archivon as they journey through Northrend. But many players have already burned through the Phase 1 raids, so surely the Wrath Classic Phase 2 release date is just around the corner. Blizzard hasn't officially given us a date for any future phases in Wrath's five-phase roadmap, but there are a few reasons to think that Phase 2 will be starting relatively soon. And then they add that they know that Wrath Classic PvP Season 5 ends on January 9th, which has to happen before Season 6 can begin, so presumably in Phase 2. And we also know that Joyous Journey's XP buff ends on January 16th, and previously Blizzard hasn't allowed that buff to carry over into brand new content. So, even without a confirmed date, these are solid hints that Phase 2 is headed our way in January. It's like Wrath Classic Phase 2 could launch the week of January 16th, or just after the Joyous Journey buff ends. So that does make a lot of sense, honestly. When you have this old roadmap and previous actions to go off from, it's easier to kind of, you know tighten it down when you think phase two will begin. They go on to share that Wrath Classic Phase 2 includes the fan favorite raid Alduar, which is an epic foray into Massive Titan, a facility containing 14 raid bosses. And then there's Alduar's original release in patch 3.1, which was very short, lasting only 112 days before patch 3.2 added the Trial of the Crusader raid with better rewards. And based off the recent community feedback, Blizzard has actually tossed around ideas to improve the experience of Alduar and Wrath Classic, including higher item level drops so they won't immediately be outclassed by upcoming content, bringing pre-nerf versions of bosses and additional drop adjustments for Heroic Mode with a similar consideration for Season 6 PvP rewards. And then there's Phase 2 that will also include a new take on dungeons with Heroic Plus dungeons that are similar to Mythic Plus dungeons in Retail WoW. So I will put the link to this article in the show notes.
And finally, this is a blizzardy, warcrafty type of a post that I'm just going to head off and leave the rest of it in the show notes because it covers everything really blizzard, warcraft, Diablo, stuff like that. But it was a post by Mike Ybarra, Blizzard from Blizzard Entertainment, that was posted on December 21st, 2022, and it was titled End of Year Blizzard Update, and it goes on to say, Hey everyone, it's been about a year since my last post, and with 2022 coming to an end, I felt it was a good time for an update, which is why I felt like it was a good time to put this in my last episode of the year 2022. So they go on to say, Mike says, 2022 has been a great year for Blizzard, made possible by the hard work, creativity, and passion of everyone who works here and the support, feedback, and joy from the players. Putting people first, employees, and players is how we're building the foundation of the next era of Blizzard. A lot of this work has been internal, but I hope you can see the results of it in our games. The joy and love for Azeroth and World of Warcraft Dragonflight. And then they go on to share the color and scale of seasonal updates in Overwatch 2, the care and respect in Wrath of Lich King Classic and Diablo 2 Resurrected, the creativity and charm in Hearthstone, and the gameplay and rich story built into Diablo Immortal. We also got to show off the chaotic glee built into Warcraft Arc Light Rumble. And finally, the Diablo, 4, Diablo 5 team got to relish in the excitement with a recent announcement on June 6th, a June 6th, 2023 launch date. That was Diablo 4, not Diablo 5. I was like, wait a minute, they haven't even done a Diablo 4 yet. Apparently my Roman numeral reading on the fly kind of sucks. So anyways, about 12 billion hours of Blizzard games were played this year and as many as 50 million new players joined the Blizzard community. And this would not have been possible if not for the passion from the people within Blizzard. We're hearing from them as they as there is a fundamental shift happening and it's the thousands of people who work here who are steering this ship towards something greater than we've ever been and we've only just begun and that's a vibe that i was getting and every letter reaching out to the community and the player base i i genuinely feel like it's a it's a conglomeration of a lot of new blood entering and old blood exiting if i had to speak in diablo terms <laughs> that's all i can associate with diablo especially seeing all the screenshots and stuff of diablo 4 um pre stuff is like it's just bread blood everywhere blood for everybody to give some clarity on what's happened this year, I promised in January that we would hire full-time positions to support the ongoing work and improving the culture at Blizzard. So they welcomed Jessica Martinez as their VP of Culture, a brand new role at Blizzard, and they announced Makaya Brown as their DE&I lead, and they have welcomed a new Chief People Officer this year named J.D. Rue. So additionally, they've made several important changes to their teams, and this is a huge list. So I'm putting the link to this in the show notes. It goes on and to break down into sections titled like rebuilding the foundations and it's huge. So, um, but this was posted by Mike Quick Yabara. And like I said, links in the show notes found at cozypodcast.com under the casually casual cast tab.
sound means I have some community uh, listener feedback and I was unaware that I actually had um, some reviews on iTunes. So I really appreciate, I really appreciate it. And I have a five star by A Simpson 78 and they left it on October of this year, 2022. And they said, it's about time we get a Warcraft podcast that covers everything we need to about what's going on in World of Warcraft and WoW Classic. That also makes me laugh. That means so very much to me, A Simpson 78, because that is my intent. I wanted to have a podcast that you can laugh at. And not that I think I'm funny, but I'm just being real. And if you laugh at it, then that's your choice. And also, we talk about World of Warcraft and retail and classic. Because I tend to hop in between both, depending on what I have to check off my bucket list for each version of the game. So I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. So thank you so very much, A Simpson 78 I also want to add that... In Canadian iTunes, iTunes is really weird. In case you guys don't know, um, you each iTunes has its own iTunes for every country. So if you're a podcaster like myself, I would literally have to go into every country to see what my rating. If like anybody left a rating or a review, I, it doesn't alert me. I literally would have to go and do that. And that is quite a huge task. But iTunes, there is a place called Chartable or whatever that actually alerted me that I had a customer review from the Canadian side of iTunes. So I went down and I took a little check. I clicked Canada and voila! Thank you so much, T-D-E-S-J. I don't know how I should say that. Tezj. TD. We'll just say TD. Thank you very much, TD. On September 15th, 2022, they gave me a five-star review, and it was titled Fabulous Podcast. You don't know how much that means to us hobby podcasters. That just warms my heart, so thank you so much. Absolutely loving the podcast. Looking forward to every new episode. The unique segments are freaking awesome and are totally worth a listen 10 out of 10. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really, you don't know how much that means to me. It really means a lot. And I really appreciate each of you taking the time to letting me know how you like the show. So if you feel inclined to do so, go right ahead and let me know. You can even write in and let me know. It's good to have some feedback and I'm okay with constructive feedback. What kind of does bother me is when somebody just goes and wants to vote somebody down, but they don't give them any constructive feedback. So if you absolutely hate the show, just let me know why. (laughs) It's okay. I'm a big girl. I can handle it. (laughs) So this is not my first rodeo, honey. So you, uh, I mean, thank you so much. I could just say thank you 5,000 times. So thank you very much. What does that sound mean? That is my new The Birdhouse sound because it's so much better than when I go So this is The Birdhouse, aka tweets from Warcraft players and employees off from the Twitter. First up, we have a tweet 
uh, from the At Warcraft account saying, fight with a duck on your head to get the duck duck spruce achievement. So they actually made a video on how to do it and it shows the character walking up to some ducks in a, I don't know where they're at if they're in Valdrakim. And I don't know, maybe the ducks have like the little wheel on it that you can interact with. And then you march to battle and take down this green spruce. And this looks like maybe it's a horde group up right now because I see a lot of like Torrin and stuff. But I'll put the, yeah, it must be a horde attacking a beautiful green tree because I just can't think about a night elf as myself wanting to take down one of those beautiful trees. So um, you go and attack a spruce, apparently, with these ducks on your head. And so I'll put the link to the tweet in the show notes or just go peruse the Warcraft Twitter. It's a few um, tweets down and they have, um, it shows you do get an achievement called Duck Duck Spruce. So it's pretty cute. Next, we have a tweet by Jenna Four, Jenna Four, and she said, I was doing the weekly craft orders on my alts and was like, this sucks. I should help someone else too. So I put in three public orders with 10G tips and provided the mats. Then I saw one person only got to fill one order. So I put two personal requests in and I saw her turn in her weekly. And then they added, it's such a little thing, but it made me happy because I hate having to go on all of my alts to get my order quests done. I went and gave her a quick slash hug because it made me so happy. She was Alliance though, so I couldn't message her. So I just wanted to share that to give you maybe a little inspiration that a little kindness goes a long way and that when we're running around in our real life, let alone our pixel life, it doesn't hurt to stop and just do something nice for someone. And I like, I'm such a weirdo. I I don't know if you guys are as weird as I am, but I have like everybody. Okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. All right. So when you see pictures of people's UIs, right? And they always look so amazing. I was like trying to get it as minimal as possible. And they're like, look at my amazing UI. Look at my beautiful UI. And then I'm like, don't look at my UI. My UI is always so basic, so jacked up. And I utilize like the whole right hand side of my screen purely for awesome emotes. Because who needs all of this other stuff? Who needs to see that part of their screen? I want to be able to hit a button and, and eat a gnome burger. No offense, gnomes. I want to be able to cheer at someone in passing. I cannot be bothered with stopping and trying to think of the emote and then typing it in. I just have all of mine hot keyed over on the right hand side. All of my favorites. So I am that weirdo. So if you're a weirdo like me, let me know. So, but those are the things that I love um, to do in Warcraft. So I just wanted to share Jen of Four's tweet regarding that. Has your guild died and you don't want to join yet another guild? Does your guild log in and raid then immediately log out, leaving your casual booty alone and talking to the statues in Veldraken or even the potted plants in Dalaran? Is your server dead, but you would rather order a pizza instead of buy a server transfer? Do you love to expand your social circles in the hopes of hanging out with fun, like-minded people? Is the more the merrier tattooed on your butt cheeks? Do you love to play many characters in both factions, 
which makes it really hard to establish roots in any one guild. Do you crave to be a part of a guild family, but you're also an introvert? So it's kind of complicated, like the relationship you have with Netflix that keeps you entertained, but also keeps killing off your favorite shows after one season? Is the poster. Gaming is about the journey and not the leaderboards. A poster on your bedroom ceiling. Do you love Warcraft, but also enjoy other games? Do you want to add yet another Discord to the pile you're already a member of? and share the latest pictures of your pets or the latest screenshots from your adventures. Do you want to grow a new, bifactional, cross-realm community that has a home guild on Proudmoore Alliance? Then, guess what? Clutchmates Gaming Community may be for you. There's only one way to find out, really. Well, maybe two. Since you're listening to the show and you may repeatedly listen to the show, we may already get along pretty well. So, in case you just want to join and check us out and be a part of the new Clutchmates fam, you can head to CozyPodcastNetwork.com and find out more about the group. The Discord invite link is also there, and you can find out how to join us in-game right from the menu options. Or, and also, follow us on Twitter, at WowClutchMates. And the easiest way to join us in-game is to go to your Community and Guild tab, and make sure to select Cross-Faction when you're looking for a community. And you can also head to Proudmore Alliance US and look for Clutchmates in the Guild Finder and you will be let right in. Yay! Can't wait to meet you. I'm bored. You want to go for a drive? Sure. You know where I'd like to go? Where? I'd like to go cruise some forums. Hmm. Sure. Alright, now we're into cruising the forums and we're going to stop at the Reddit for Classic Wow with a post by Kelda and it's titled, Why You Don't Want Bad Players in Your Group. And they had started the discussion in a thread a few days ago. There were some people saying that heroics are so easy that it's fine to bring people who don't know how to play or do extremely low damage. That isn't true. And here's an example to show why. So they are not, they are not buying what you're, what, what they're putting down. You know, what everyone's trying to say. They said, I was doing a heroic COS for the daily as a healer. The first thing I noticed is that the party leader, DPS warrior, has under 2k gear score. Oh my gosh. Oh my. Uh, the other two DPS, a hunter and a mage, have okay gear. So I thought it'd be fine. Then I look at the tank and he's <laughs> and see he's a frosty K with 24k health hit points, health points. I figure that's probably fine. <laughs> I just like how they're laying it up. I just like how they're setting it up. It's cracking me up. Immediately it's clear that the tank is taking tons of damage and he's not healing himself at all. He'd take over half his health points and damage in a single global cooldown. Tank dies and we wipe before we even get to meat hook. I inspect the tank and I see he's in half DPS gear, not even close to defense cap. Even worse, his weapons are both enchanted with berserking. I thought maybe he was deliberately trolling. 
but one of the weapons was Red Sword of Courage, which was a tanking sword. So either he genuinely had no clue that he was what he was doing, or he spent 1k, and then they put in parentheses, and DKs get free weapon enchants, on an enchant that's worse than the useless just to grief his groups. I asked the tank if he can put on some more tank gear, and he says he doesn't have any. We recover and actually manage to kill the first boss. It takes a long time to kill him. 59 seconds compared to the typical 30 seconds or so. A few waves later, the tank goes from 100% to 0% in 3 seconds and we wipe again. At this point, the hunter leaves and I bail too. I then check details for the boss fight. Hunter did 2.9k DPS, the mage did 2.2k, the DK did 1.4k, and the warrior did 368. Yes, that is less than 400. He was alive for the whole fight. Screenshot of the damage meter, and then they, they shared it. And this is why you don't want bad players in your group. Although heroics are easy, there is no limit to how bad players can be, and there is eventual limit to how bad the group can be and still clear. So I guess my, uh, my feedback would be, okay, if you're going to take the time to go to Reddit to complain, you could have probably took the time to say, hey, if you're new at tanking and you need some hints or some helps or tips, just let me know and I'll let you know some areas that you could work on, you know, because it, you don't want to naturally assume that everybody's trolling, but then sometimes people are so wonky that you kind of feel like they have to be trolling because you're like, you can't be this oblivious. But I was a hunter one time wearing cloth standing in org one day and somebody tapped me on the shoulder and was like, honey, why are you wearing cloth? <laughs> you're a hunter. <laughs> this was back in wrath. So, and I wasn't trolling. I clearly just did not know. All right. So, you know, I know it's hard to, to naturally assume that everybody is just evil wankers and trying to troll you. But no, to be honest, some of us just are new at what we're doing, don't know where to find the information, might be lazy, might, I don't know. There's a lot of reasons why people don't do stuff. But that also applies to the original poster. There's a reason why you didn't take the time to go, hey, I noticed that your damage, your, you know, your damage was like, really low and I think I have some tips for you. So if you would like me to help you out, then let me know. So you don't have to like push on them and like go, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you need to do this. Just throw the ball out there. The amount of time it takes you to go into Reddit just to complain and then share a screenshot of like all the badness. Granted, it cracks me up. You could do both, you know, Go to Reddit and get it off your chest and also maybe make the world a better place and say, hey, if you need some help, I'll give you some tips. So that to me is a better approach. But let's see what the old Redditors have to say. Temporal account said, I had a healer druid who sat home the entire time and refused to drink or use mana recovery items. <laughs> what? It's like they were protesting against something they just didn't know. He then proceeded to flame the group because we weren't running things as efficiently as he had expected. Which was because he was telling us to wait because he was ohm. Some people are just beyond help. 
<laughs> oh my goodness, that's so funny. Oh, all right. So, <laughs> so then um, there's another comment, and they it's by 125Broar. Broar. And they said, I mean, just AutoTac should have put them over 400 DPS. And then um, <laughs> Stregan added, not if you have, say, negative 300 weapon skill from leveling by sitting half AFK and AV last week. So, um, Zug Zug for 2069, uh, they said, this warrior had to be, I have tears in my eyes, those are cracking me up. This warrior had to be leveling weapon skill, even just auto-attacking. How is it even possible to do less than 400 DPS, LMAO? <laughs> so then um, Athkova said, It blows my mind the amount of melee who think it's perfectly acceptable to level their weapon in a dungeon. <laughs> so there we go. That is our first uh, cruise in the forums. Let's see what we have in store on the flip side. Now this post isn't necessarily probably going to make anybody crack up, but I thought that it was informative and that is my other goal. If we're not laughing, we should be learning. Laughing and learning. Okay, so uh, this was posted by XOXO Sinho. And they wanted to know if the achievement mounts are going to be removed when Alduar is released. And then they go on to say, I know they were removed back in Vanilla Classic. However, I have also heard they are still there in PTR. Anyone have a more concise idea of how these mounts are going to play out? So we have some feedback coming off from Texan DX. Texan Dex. And they said, here's what current thaw press of devs are in regards to the time-limited achievement mounts. They put the link to the latest WoW Council community like video. It was like a live stream. So they put the YouTube link. So it is super handy information. And I will put that in the show notes as well. Um, the mounts were removed in Original Wrath when Aldo were released and it caused a huge backlash in the community. This time around they don't want that backlash and instead are considering keeping the mounts and potentially adding item level caps to triggering Nax achievements, similar to Algalon, Herald of the Titan. But they haven't committed to it yet. Having a big reason to go back to Nax is a big selling point of a game that has content droughts. Right now, they only committed to adding ahead of the curve achievements for current content clears. All right, now we're moving into the Warcraft Reddit, where we talk about very serious topics like is the like one posted by McMenny Bucks and they asked, is there a reason why Caligos doesn't just get busy with one of the several female blue dragons? And then he quotes quotes him saying, My flight is dying. Feels a bit empty when all he does is sulk in the corner instead of getting down with some dragacy. <laughs> I mean they're not wrong. <laughs> it's like be proactive. Um, there, I don't know if there's a Tinder for dragons. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> Hela is still wandering around Winter Spring. She was once consort to Malagos. There's also Tiragosa and Stilagosa, they said. So let's see what the, the joyful Redditors had to say in regards to the dating scene of these dragons. 
Um, Brafrolo said, well, looking at his history, the clear answer is he has a fetish for human women. <laughs> and then Giga Tension said, he's a nerd. And then Lady Birdness said, from what we've seen off camera, he is fond of Jaina. Trouble is, she's kind of interested, but not. But you have a point. He needs to take things up with the Lady Blue Dragon. <laughs> and then Nadun29 said, he's in love with Jaina. Not sure things would work anatomically. And then um, Miriam's purely just yelled Stella. And then, let's see. I have no idea what's going to be in store with Alternative Rule 958's reply, but we're just going to wing it. They had to say, honestly, dragons do have some oddities with rearing children in general. They don't typically just have kids willy-nilly. There are some emergency cases where I feel like I should be reading this with a different voice. There's some emergency cases where dragons have clutches outside of the cycle, but as the leader of the blue dragon flight, things haven't come to this. As we know quite predominantly in Waking Shore for the most current lore, the rearing of children is ritualistic in some degree. There's a time, a place, a ceremony attached to a specific flight breeding and popping out eggs. You occasionally see outcast clutches doing what they have to, like Anixia or the Netherwings, but outside of this there seems to be a bit more nobility assigned to having a clutch. Add in the fact that they want their clutch to remain strong and purebred, and it can become challenging. I liken it similarly to nobility in our world. If a king needs an heir, he doesn't just grab whatever random scholarly maid is around. He wants, if possible, a noble birth by someone who's of good stature. Right now, Calic hasn't found a worthy mate to sire his brood. Well, I bet you didn't have dragon mating protocols on your bingo card for 2022. It's the best way to get out of here. All right, we're going to be moving on. All right, now it's time for a brief Adventures in Azeroth by me. Okay, so... What I realized after I recorded my last episode on my return from having multiple plagues was that I had some, I had a, a couple events happen while I was sick and playing that I totally forgot about when I was recording the last episode. So one of them was my whole goal going into Dragonflight was to prepare for the crazy big queue that was going to happen that never happened, thankfully. Um... But in case there was going to be a queue, I devised a plan to use my free 60 boost on a hunter on a dead server on horde side. So I would have a horde main and an alliance main and I would have two because I'd play on alliance on Proudmore and that is a wickedly busy server. So I thought, well, surely that one's going to suck. So then I started leveling a brand new hunter on I think like Whisperwind. I think it's one of the W's and then I decided to go to I think it's blood sale bucket I think it's blood sale something it's blood something on horde side and I made a troll hunter with my boost because I boost the the like classes that I play and I just play hunter religiously 
So I joined the new server on my Troll Hunter and um, I <laughs> immediately, you know how it is when you make a new character and you have someone whisper you for like guild signatures, which I'm always down for because it's a pain in the butt to get guild signatures if you don't have a lot of people playing on the server that you need them in. And also it's a pain in the butt because um, you get a bunch of guild fights, right? So I'm more apt to take a guild signature offer if someone just politely asks. I'm like, yeah, sure, because we've all been there if you've tried to start a guild. Well, I get whispered asking to sign a guild charter and I was like, sure. So the guild gets created and I say, grits on the new guild in guild chat. And they say, the guild leader says, you can stay. I was like, okay, because <laughs> I really had no other intent, no place, you know, that I needed to go on that server. It was just purely so that if there were big queues that I would have a place to go. Because my other horde hunter, my blood elf hunter is on, oh, that also starts with a B and I can't remember. Anyways, um, I have a, a one that I was leveling over there too. It, well, Bleeding Hollow. That one was Bleeding Hollow. And so I wanted one that, but Bleeding Hollow is high pop. So I wanted a low pop server. So it was like some blood sales or buccaneers or something. So I <laughs> said, okay. And then they reply with, I'm a bunny. And I was like, what the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> What did I do? So I said, okay, how does that work? And they said, you know how bunnies are made, right? And I'm like, oh, here we go. This is not an, this, this was just a basic, hey, can you sign my guild charter? And then it was going south pretty quickly. <laughs> so, and then they kept thinking because I joined um, on my, oh, this one was the one that I joined on my evoker, my, my dragon. And I named it Sunfire. And I think that they must have, they were running from a guild drama because they were like, this is going to be so much better. It's going to be so much less drama. You know how it is when you, when you have like a bad guild experience and then you finally slip away and you're like, whoo, that was rough. And then you sign, then you like create your little, hum, little humble abode, your little, you oasis guild where all of you go and um shimmy off to to hide and and enjoy warcraft without the drama um it sounds like that's what they were doing or they were the ones that were exiled i'm not sure because it got really weird with the whole i'm a bunny and um asking me if i know how bunnies are made and then they had a couple other guildies get in and it went directly right into ERP and I was like, okay, I guess, I guess this is what, what this is going on. I literally that went downhill pretty fast and it was cracking me up. And they were like, well, you seem pretty cool so you could stay. And I'm like, I wish I could stay the same. You guys are kind of weirding me out. So, um, but they were fine and harmless and I haven't logged back in since I've been leveling my hunter. So they may have kicked me out, who knows. But they had immediately moved me up to veteran status. Apparently I survived the hazing of their ERP. ERP-ishness. And um, I just kind of, you know, was answering questions and questions at that point. So what I did get was that they, I think they thought I was somebody from their old guild because they kept, I feel like they thought I was like a sleeper cell or something because they're like, Sunfire, I think I've heard that name before. Didn't blah, 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 blah. Didn't you used to play here? I'm like, no, I'm new here. So I feel like they've 
low-key like thought I was somebody else and I'm like this is the weirdest freaking experience ever you know I'm and that that's what gave me this feeling like they're on edge they were on guard so they must have been running from something like another guild or server drama because to immediately start to assume the person that you whispered it's not like I asked to join and then I'm being sketchy they literally whispered me and asked me randomly to sign their charter. So it's not like I'm some sleeper cell. You picked me out of a random group of people in org to sign this, you know? So that just didn't make sense. So anyways, I survived that. I haven't been over there since. But while I was setting up my lobby, oh, my boosted hunter, this is the creepy part that I don't know if they fixed it or if this has ever happened to anyone else. But... I had boosted that hunter and immediately I started to do the Shadowlands entry quests, like the, you know, the tutorial thing where they kind of get you set up in Oribos. And I had my hearth set to um, Orgamore. And then when I got to Oribos through the quest i didn't finish the quest line yet the like the beginning starting campaign for shadowlands because this was a boosted tomb i went to orbos and i thought oh orbos this is everything i need i could just make this my home but i didn't finish the campaign to unlock the portals out of orbos so i was freaking stuck i was stuck in orbos I had no way out of Oribos. No way out. None whatsoever. Because I realized I had not went through the whole quest line where you have to talk to this person and go here and fly here and fly back and go to Bastion and then fly back. I didn't. They have that whole boosted experience kind of jacked up because I went to leave and I was like, crap. The, the portals aren't even where the portals are supposed to be. And my hearth, I had already set it to there, so I couldn't even hearth out. And then I tried to do the stuck thing, but the stuck thing doesn't work when you're just in another city. I was racking my brain thinking, how in the heck am I going to get out of here? So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to put in a service ticket. Well, that was a big freaking joke because you know how many days it said I, I had to wait to be... To have my problem solved, 34 days. 34 days, I said. You will have 34 days to wait. I'm like, are you saying I'm going to be trapped in Oribos for 34 freaking days? So then I went to Twitter. I was like, is this right? Because I was hoping that was like some weird thing. And they're like, no, that's actually the wait time for our tickets. And I'm like, what? How is this even possible? Who... What kind of crappy customer service do we have where you people put in and they need help and their character in a game that they pay to play is stuck in a freaking city for 34 days? Like, what the hell would I do in Orbos for 34 days? And then my amazing brain, I can say that only because I came up with a solution myself and I didn't have to wait 34 days. I thought, wait a minute a mage. I gotta go track down a mage. If I track down a mage and, and ask them politely if they could portal me out of here. I don't care where they stick me. Stick me anywhere but where I'm at. And thankfully, thankfully, 
they, I, I whispered the first mage I could see. I pulled up the little slash who thing, a little window, and I searched for a mage. I found one, and I explained to them what happened. And they're like, yeah, sure. They gripped with me, and they sent me on my way. And I was like, oh, you are an angel. So I solved my problem myself. And they should at least put that in there. <laughs> I mean, like, really. It should be like, find a mage or wait 34 days. So I really wanted to share that because that was, like, nightmarish. There was no way for me, because the way the, the campaign was set up, I had not unlocked the portals yet. So they should, one, not allow us to change our hearth until we unlock the portals in Oribos, or make a way, or just freaking don't lock portals behind quests. Because that's what I'm finding right now in Veldraken. Like, I'm working through leveling, and I'm like a hair from 69 because I take forever. And I took some time off for the holidays because I'm a mom and that's what you do. So we had a lot of, you know, family stuff here and there and Christmas things here and there. So I took some time off and I'm almost to 70. But I take so long leveling because I do so many things that don't give me experience. <laughs> so... I went into the holiday quest yesterday just before they end, you know, they're going to be ending soon. I went and um, saved a Metzen the deer and I took some cool Christmassy screenshots and I love the snow globe that you get to turn into a gnome and swim around in. So that's fun. I should get on my, uh, my horde tune though and do the holiday one too because I haven't got to see the holiday stuff. Um, that they've put in uh, from the horde side yet. If there's like a little snow globe where I turn into a goblin when I hop in, that would be fun. But so that's my adventure right now. I'm having a blast writing my doing the dragon writing. Like I said, I downloaded that glyph uh, add-on that really helps to locate them. And I, I feel like I'm honing my old school Mario Kart or whenever you would play like Nintendo racing games back in the day and you'd like lean with a controller as if that helped your car move. I find myself doing that with dragon riding. Like my vigor is <laughs> dropping, the ledge is approaching, and if I just had one more sliver, I find myself like leaning forward in my chair, like just putting my weight forward would somehow help my dragon latch onto the ledge before my vigor runs out and I just float down like a kite. Yep, I'm definitely um, bringing back some old school gaming habits. <laughs> so I'm having a blast though. Um, I can't remember the zone I was in last night, but it's part of the campaign where it's all fiery and you have to like um, get into like a little fire creature costume and go put out all like four of these globes and stuff. I freaking hate that zone. Those things hit so freaking hard, that whole area. I died the most in the whole expansion so far in that zone. Because you are getting rained on by fire bombs. You got fire little creatures running around kicking the crap out of you. I got these little dragon dudes kicking you while you're already being bombed from the fire. I, I ate through a stack of food. I had to use everything I had to survive. And you know what? I'm not complaining because that's the game. I like being challenged in that way. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. It gets, it gets really old after like 10 times of <laughs> I haven't died anywhere else like that. I could, but for some reason, man, those freaking things hit way harder in that zone than what the, what I was used to, like, in the other areas. But I'm not also going to complain because we get to fly when we're dead. A beautiful little wisp flying up and over mountains, and I love that. 
So it's these quality of life stuff I can really get behind. So I think I just unlocked my third dragon mount. It's the blue one, a gorgeous one. I thought I really loved the green one. Can't remember the names off the top of my head since I'm winging my adventures right now. So that's where I'm at right now. And I wanted to, to um, yeah, share all that. And also the Clutchmates um, Guild and community, the, the cross-faction group and stuff that you already heard the advertisement for. So that has been fun. Um, I got my first guildy in Frosty Spells, and they have been a joy playing with in on um, Alliance Proudmore. And then we have Minerva and and a whole bunch of people. Um, Chef Monkey and... We have um, Mana Brownies. We have all kinds of cool people joining in the cross-faction, cross-realm group. So don't forget to check that out too. And the guild is just me and my first guildie right now, Frosty Spells. And they are leveling a new mage. And we are just having a good time. So I hope to see you guys in game if you feel like coming for a visit. And we are going to be moving into trade chat. Alright, our trade chat begins with letting you know that the Dark Moon Fair is going to be starting on Sunday, tomorrow, January 1st, and it will be running to January 7th. The Dark Moon Fair will be open for business where you can meet Silas Dark Moon and his troop, play games, and test mind and nerve. Behold exotic sights from the four corners of Azeroth and beyond. This week's PvP event is Comp Stomp. You can jump into a Wraithy Basin for a head-to-head -head battle against AI opponents. Use the Group Finder tool, the default hotkey is I, in the Player vs. Player tab to take part. And then, beginning on January 3rd and running to January 10th, there is the Deep Wind Dunk. Can you even dunk? If you want to win this brawl, you're going to need to work on your skills because Dunk Ball has come to Pandaria. You'll race to claim balls from the map center or northern or southern mines. Take them to your enemy's base and then go for a magnificent long range shot or go all in for the dunk. And for this weekly bonus event, you can enter the Dragonflight Dungeons all week. Open up your group finder to queue for any Dragonflight Dungeon on normal or heroic difficulty for a chance at extra loot. Alternately, create your own group of intrepid adventures, travel to one of the Dragonflight Dungeons, and set your difficulty to Mythic before entering. Look for the following all week long. And Kazra and Veldraken has a quest for you, or if you forget to pick it up there, you can start it with the Adventure Guide by hitting Shift-J. And the quest requirement, you have to complete four Dragonflight Dungeons on Mythic difficulty. You get for rewards the cache of Vault Treasures containing one piece of non-tier gear from Heroic Vault of the Incarnates. And there's a passive bonus where the final boss in each dungeon drops additional loot on all difficulties except Mythic and 
difficulties and keep your eyes out because every week the bonus event system consists of a rotating schedule of events scheduled to run each week beginning on Tuesdays. Each bonus event grants that passive bonus to a particular part of the game and offers a once event quest with a special reward for accomplishing a related goal. So keep an eye on that in-game calendar. I don't like the fact that they shrunk it so much. I like the old school calendar picture. Now it's just this teeny tiny little speck up above my map and I don't like it. <laughs> I like it when it was the old map icon, but whatever. If I had to pick apart something, that would be <laughs> one of the things that annoyed me. I like it the way it was. up episode 16 of casually casual cast so thank you for listening to another episode you can tweet the show on twitter at warcraft casual you can email the show at casually casual cast at gmail.com and find past episodes show notes all the other shows i i podcast and i host how to join me in game how to join the discord and watch my Twitch stream whenever I feel like streaming um, at CozyPodcastNetwork.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Harena and on Twitch at Cozy underscore Harena. And if you want to help support the show, leave a review wherever you can. It is greatly appreciated. Happy travels to you next time, Azerbaijanis. Bye-bye. And happy 2023. May our paths cross again. I'll always treasure our time together. Goodbye. Peace. Or not. In my native tongue, my name means dances with tassels. <laughs> 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 <laughs>